so it's been rough. And then Thomas started. And he, like, missed. Like, he didn't know he was going <gasps> to be. Talking about the pukes, guys. The pukes. That's just, been going so, around like, our neighborhood. He round was and round. <laughs> he was running to the bathroom and just couldn't make it. And it, it oh, literally just no. deep cleaned the kitchen. Oh, washed no. all the, because I'm trying to disinfect. <laughs> all over the floor, the wall. <gasps> I mean, because it, like. Whoa, man. It was so bad. I had four at once in my house. I've never had that in my life oh, before. Gosh. So I was like, get out. In the middle of the night. All right? through the night. And I rotated beds. I slept one night on the couch, one night on a nest in London's floor, one night on Ransom's bed because Ransom wanted the couch. And, but Kevin was sick, so I wasn't going to be in bed with Kevin. It was just like a little musical And did chair. you guys get it either? I, I never got okay, it. Okay, praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. And Lord, it's been no. a couple weeks, so I think I'm out of the woods, I would think. But, mm. I mean, some people go a week. And then another member of their family gets it. So you never know. It's a surprise. <laughs> Kurt had it last weekend and it took him a whole week to recover. And he puked for 24 hours straight yep. through his back out <laughs> yes. from the puking. That's and right. took a week to get back to yeah, normal. Pete, I'd never seen Peter like that. Like he was like sleeping on the floor, like on the couch. Yeah. Yeah, I, he never naps ever. And so I'm like deep, like because my goal was maybe if I soak myself in Dr. Bronner's peppermint, like I won't. And boiling water, I won't <laughs> get it. So boiling that, water. I was. I was like washing every surface with balding water and wow. Dr. Bronner's and I was just like. You just said balding water. I think I did. Boiling. It's been a long weekend. Scalding and boiling. Balding. <laughs> Thanks for that, Sage. You, you always have One, to invent two, a new three. word. Oh, hey, you oh mine was lame. Me. I did it up on myself. Two, yes. Oh, mine hmm. the overspray. I- I always choke on my own spit. Yeah, Ooh, you really is... do. <clears throat> Nummy. Coconut pineapple. Delicious. Delicious. <laughs> so, yeah, it was rough. But mm. then I was, so I was mopping the floors and Peter wakes up and he goes, why are the chairs on the table? Am I hallucinating? And I was like, babe, I've been cleaning all day. I've told you I'm, I'm deep cleaning the house and I'm, I'm mopping the floors. He's like. I'm mopping your hurl, love. Did, did I know that? <laughs> yep. All right. Night night. Go back to sleep. Night nights. Night nights. So. We went to Kobe today. My brother took Linda and I to Kobe because he was Aww. here for Keaton's graduation. Like the, I've never done Hibachi? like the, yeah, the guy was psychotically wild. I was like, Ooh. he was just nuts. Like he was checking food, like open your mouth, <laughs> like checking zucchinis at us. So like, I was like, I wow, like, like I have to be like prepared for this. I he was like, like squirting it. water in the kids' mouths. And so when he came to me, it's like, I'm like so good. I'm so good. <laughs> but I was like, wow, that was like amazing. I'm like, I don't uh, think Kevin would have loved it. At least it was it. water they were squirting in their mouths. Yeah. It's it was usually like Adele's their, sake. their sake. Unless you say no. If you don't say no and you do that, Kurt did it a couple once and and before you know it, he was like completely like tipsy. He better not have been squirting sake in my kid's mouth. No, no. No, they they won't do that with kids. kids. Uh, Yeah. All right. I need to pull up. But it was a little like, uh, what's the word? Jarring to the senses. It is very. He was like bang on the. I was just like, wow, that was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I just wasn't prepared and I'm like burnt from (laughs) this weekend. So I was like, wow, okay. This was amazing. (laughs) It's like, open your and I was like, I'm good. He kept chucking zucchinis at me. <laughs> I would have chucked one right back. Been like, you're going to throw food at me? I'm going to throw food at you. Oh, my goodness. 
<laughs> Usually I'm here for it, but I was like, wow, prepare me next time. I was like, I thought he was going to like cook some food in front of us. I've never experienced it before. It's like, wow, London loved it. She thought it was the coolest thing to Did ever. he do the whole like tossing an egg? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. lit the girl on fire, which made Scarlet cry, which. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so, and then he'd like bang it. Like if we were just kind of talking, he would like hit his spatula on the girl over the head and go, hey. And we'd be like, oh. So I was like, yeah. oh my gosh. I know. It's a little bit of a sensory overload. Yeah, it was wild. I remember when I was a little girl, it's one of my only fond memories of my biological father. He got married once and I was, I think, six or eight. And it was in Texas and we went to one of those things and I didn't know anything about yeah. it. And they set the grill on fire and I guess I bolt, I like bolted to the door. I was like, <laughs> it's going down! And my, my meme and my biological father had to like chase me down. I'm like, no, oh, it's okay. It's supposed it's to be part of the way. show. And I was like, ah! <laughs> They're screaming fire Yes, and I was like running out of the building. Okay. All right, here we go. Wowie. Well, enjoy that. Yeah, you're welcome for that. Um, <laughs> so who wants to go firsties? I've got something. Okay. Go. What? Go you team. Go. Oh, okay. Well, on that note, uh, <laughs> I don't love going first. I always I feel like, okay, here's my notes. <laughs> Um, okay. That's why I like you to go first, because then you close your eyes and use your NPR voice. Okay. Where's the beginning? <laughs> okay. So I was just recently in New York City with my son and his class, which was an adventure. I do think it was an adventure in hindsight. I knew it was going to be, but I I tried to just like... No, I, I, I tried to think of it as an adventure, but not a scary kind of adventure. And it wasn't. It was really good. It was me and two other chaperones with just eight kids, really well-behaved. Oh, so he was a pretty small class. It's a small class. Okay. So it was really good. We were in a van. It took us – we had budgeted out nine hours to get down. It actually took 11. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um at one point when we were gridlocked in Queens and trying to find a bathroom and couldn't find a bathroom and had to pull over at this one tiny little pullover area with just a single pump for gas and then a, a porta potty mm-hmm. that, as it turns out, had a giant chain and a lock on it. Um, so we didn't want to use it anyway, but we couldn't even if we had wanted to. And as soon as we stepped out of the van, it just smelled like urine everywhere. And so we just jumped back into the van as fast as possible. And we're just like, okay, I guess we're all going to have to hold it for like what turned out to be another two hours. Wow. Because there was just like an accident on top of another accident. And we just, I know, all the kids were like, we hadn't even gotten there yet. And I shouldn't say all the kids. A couple of them were already like, I miss Maine. (laughs) (laughs) There's no place like home. There is no place like home. But it was a wonder. Overall, it was like such a sweet adventure with these kids. I love these kids. I've known some of them for since kindergarten. So what is that? If they're in sophomores, is that... A lot of them are probably five or six in kindergarten. Yeah, yeah so, so 10 about years. a decade. Yeah. And so I've known them all since they were, yeah, so little. And so it was really fun to just spend that time with them. Mm-hmm. I love teens. I used to be afraid of teens when I was a certain age, and now I like love them more than ever. And mm-hmm. if I'm honest, like, I, I mean, I'm in my mid 40s, but a part of my brain still feels like I am that age. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, that's for a reason. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> Why? What's the reason? <laughs> 
Peter Pan syndrome? Yeah. Why? I don't know. I'm just joking. I was totally oh. joking. I was well, I, I, do know that, <laughs> I do know that some people that sustained a certain amount of trauma stay in the mindset where they sustained the trauma. Were you a teen? I was I was all the years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so on some days I'm a toddler, another day yeah. I'm a teen, another day I'm, uh, you know. I don't know. Isn't that a thing? Yes. Yeah. I don't know. You just picked 16. That's where you want to be. It's good. That's probably, yeah, 17, 18. 19, I am so 20. thankful I'm not 16 or 17 anymore, but continue. Yeah, especially nowadays. I would not have made it in this culture as a 16-year-old because I would have wanted to been on all the socials and then my visual issues yeah. would have been like so compounded, I think. <laughs> right my visual yeah. issues we had phones attached to the wall so we, we were good <laughs> yeah we were good you couldn't see anything when we were talking to our boyfriends <laughs> stretch yeah. that cord and hide in the closet that's what i did yeah i mean yeah i remember emailing kurt and being like he's gonna get this in a minute like he's gonna get this email right away and being like that was Fast communication. Yeah. And what was it called? Dial-up. AOL. AOL. Or when you could... Pagers. You paged him. I did. Yeah. I was a page... Yeah, we were. 911 if it was an emergency. That's hilarious. Um, We had something that's... I love you. I love you. I forget what the numbers were. 143. No, it looked like I love you. It was the closest thing that looked like... Uh Like spelled out. Uh, So I don't even remember what that was. But yeah, we had secret codes on his pager. <laughs> when I vaulted him off my bed, I it was five minutes later when he left. I was nine one oneing him all over the place, I'm like please forgive me, come back. He's like, no. <laughs> Simmer. Absolutely not. He did. How? Okay. Uh, anyway, so on the second day of our travels, oh, I have to, I have to read something. On the second day into the city, uh, we had already ridden the subway one, you know, that the day previous. And the second day, we ran into a little bit more shady characters. And as we were riding, um, it was really cute. Actually, I was I just happened to end up in a seat, which is rare on the subway in New York it, uh, during rush hour. There's mm-hmm. usually no seat, and you are like wall. I mean, not just wall to wall humans, and then on top of each other, mm-hmm. basically, literally. And no one from New York City cares, but all of us from Maine are like trying to give every human a little bit of space, yeah. <laughs> like a little bit of personal space. I'll give you a bubble. Right. And, <laughs> and, but they're not. They're just really like, move over. And so you, it's very, it's, it's disarm, is disarming the right word? I don't yeah. know. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. And you're not really supposed to make like eye contact, right? Like they don't really want conversation. If, or... they, if you look up and they smile at you, it's like you can smile back and be like, hi. <laughs> yeah. Which, no, there's no deep conversations on this. Yeah. Well, Everyone... well, we actually did meet someone who I, I think might have been an angel <laughs> because the kids – um, we had gotten. I'm all over the place. We had gotten we? going today. No, no, no. It's really good. It's really good. Okay, all <laughs> slow burn to a start. Slow burn. <laughs> slow burn. We're entering the simmer. Yeah, yeah. We're just in the simmering stage. So, um, no, we did meet a really nice man who who helped us get navigate the metro the very first day, and I think instilled some faith and and. And hope in the kids who were a little bit jolted from the heading down into the ground and being mm-hmm. on the subway for mm-hmm. the very first time in their lives. Yeah. 
none of these kids, well, with the exception of one, had ever been on the subway before. And so they were just literally like, Wowzers. Ah! Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. It is weird. And it's very grimy and mm-hmm. a little bit scary. There's mm-hmm. graffiti everywhere. They've just seen it in the movies. They so many movies. And mostly crime <laughs> yes, movies. Exactly. Let's yes. be honest. And that's where all the crime happens. <laughs> and it's yeah. so interesting because like, New York is, it's a, that's it's a rough. subway. It's gritty. It's, it's gritty. gritty. Where Boston is, is like, the tea isn't as gritty. So it's interesting that a lot of their very first subway experiences yeah. is DC, especially coming from Brooklyn. Right from <laughs> Brooklyn, the heart of Brooklyn into Manhattan. Manhattan. Yowza. There yeah. you go. Yowza. Yeah. So it's like a hot commute for everyone from Brooklyn on the train that we were taking. And it's just a hot mess mix of, of all the humanity. Mm-hmm. And so by the second day of this, they're a, little, they're a little bit, you know, we're all a little bit more comfortable. There was a different, a whole different subway car vibe because it's a whole different group of people and I I don't think in New York City that you would ever that's why so many movies where it's like serendipity you would never see the same person twice again unless you were purposefully Mm -hmm. meaning to because in every single minute there's every single car going every single which way and you would never be able to there's billions of people yeah the the boys were like I hope we see um what was his name uh Oh, for heaven's sakes. I forget his name. He's like, I hope we see him again. And I was like, oh, buddy. I was like, the chances of us seeing him again on his way into work are one in a bajillion, like a needle in a haystack. And he's like, oh, it's the same ride. I was like, it's not the same ride. It's Mm -hmm, a different mm -hmm. car, you know? (laughs) And then there's so many different trains and all the things. So it's so cute. (laughs) So cute. Um, But anyway, I all of a sudden, so the second day, I did get a seat, and my son positioned himself right in front of me, back to me, and I, I, it was a really sweet moment. I felt like he was protecting me. There were some shady characters that got on that car, and I felt like he was protecting me. <laughs> and I actually told him about it later. He's like, Mom, I was scared. I was going to get ready to sit on your lap. <laughs> so I was like, well... I, in that moment, I interpreted it as you protecting me. You were making a barrier, but as a par- he was probably just trying to wedge himself into the corner as far as he Lap could. ready. Yeah. <laughs> Save me. No, it was, it was sweet. But um, while I was there, I all of a sudden got up my phone because these, this, I don't, it's not a poem. It's not a whatever. It's just something that I, that was coming to me as fast and furious as, as it was. And so I was writing it. I wanted to share it with everybody. And it's called Impossible to Know. Hmm. I was recently in New York City with my son, the most wonderful place for people watching. Millions of people. Millions of lives lived out daily in close proximity to each other. On the subway rides, these thoughts came to my mind. It's impossible to know who is the richest, the poorest, the most emotionally damaged, the saddest, the happiest, the kindest, the meanest, the safest, the most dangerous, the most stable, the most unstable, the ones that love Jesus, the ones who hate him, the ones who have family, the ones who have no one, the ones who have everything and the ones who have nothing, the ones who feel brave, the ones who are afraid, the ones who who love where they are and the ones who wish that they could get away, the ones who are running and the ones who are staying. In the end, God calls us to love and be kind to everyone, no matter what. And that, like, that just like washed 
through me as I was just surrounded by all these different people. And it's... You were texting this while you were sitting? Like, I was, I was notes. writing yeah, so in cool. my notes. Yeah, uh-huh. um, I, yes, it was the only way I could write. So, mm-hmm. um, but I was just like all of a sudden hit... Because I love people. I, I always say I hate people, but I really actually really love them. I, I can get easily intimidated by them, mm-hmm. by strangers. But then, as Amy, you're like, you're so polarizing. You're like, oh, that person's weird. But then as soon as you get to know them, like, they're the best. <laughs> 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 Which is pretty accurate. My initial, based on appearances or based mm-hmm. on vibes, it's, my initial is, su- is suspicious. Mm-hmm. Right. And then as soon as I get to know you, or like suspicious or judgmental, right? let's be mm-hmm. honest, mm-hmm. right? I'm sizing you up mm-hmm. and I'm like, you're a jerk. I'm like, wait, actually, you're the nicest person ever. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? Uh, yeah, not me, apparently. <laughs> um, but <laughs> so to follow that up, in situations where we find ourselves surrounded by strangers of all kinds and in, in walks of life, and we, we're all three of us women and, and then to our listeners, we all find ourselves in such situ- whether we're at the airport, whether we're on a bus, whether we're in the grocery store, the grocery store, anywhere, like in situations when we find ourselves surrounded by strangers of all kinds and walks of life, what are some of your most honest, raw and real feels that can come to your heart and mine? Mine are, in this case, with my child with me in a place where I'd never been, um, I was on high alert um, mm-hmm. I was feeling a lot of sorrow for some who I saw who looked like they were passing into the Shadowlands with no hope. Mm-hmm. I saw I saw women and children. I've been to New York once um, before, a long, long time ago. I've been to Boston many, many, many times. I've never seen so many children and women on the streets as I oh, did this time. Yeah. I, I'm used to seeing homeless men. I feel like everyone's seen homeless men, but there was more homeless women and there were homeless children that literally were our son's ages. And I didn't see any homeless girls, but I saw homeless boys. And I've seen homeless girls actually here in Bangor mm. um, lately because the major uptick of the homeless that are here. But um, uh, it's harder for me to see homeless women and children than it is to see homeless men. I don't know if it's just because it's just more rare or because it's like closer to my heart or because in general, in humanity, we we place a higher degree of care and concern for women and children. Mm-hmm. I mean... And you relate to women. You're a woman. Yeah. So when you see a woman... And I have children. <laughs> and you have children and you're a mother. So I think mm-hmm. that there's... that That's a thinner wall to go through. You know, like yeah. a man, you can justify or think of a story to fill in that gap of like how they got there oh I you know but with women it's a heart it's it touches you a little bit closer it really does and so I was feeling like this sort of a a sorrow um teen boys that are homeless are really hard for me to see because that's what I have um I just want to take them home and want to like sort of rescue them so to speak but there's no way of doing that there's no you can't you just can't and we're we're literally walking through the city or riding through it in a pack Right. Of, but, and it's so, it's just a very. It's like a two second moment. It is. You'll never see them again. It's a two second horrible moment Mm. of just, um, so feeling high alert, sorrow, feeling fear for the ones that are totally tripping on drugs, um, unstable and unpredictable. And it puts me on edge about pretty much everyone. So it's like, Mm -hmm. if I see one person like that, like on one of our subway cars was a staggering, um, 
older teen and he was in head to toe. It was like something out of Charles Dickens. It He was in rags, like actual rags that were so, so soiled and just greasy and like barely anything to them. Bare feet. So, so dirty. I don't I mean he couldn't have cleaned himself in months hmm. and he was staggering whenever the doors would open on the subway he was just he wasn't in his mind at all so he would just stagger in the doorway and at one point I found myself praying that he would just get off the subway and not be able to fall back onto it because he was literally just staggering hmm. in the doorway whenever it would open and he did stagger out and that morning I had given the kids all a little bit of extra change and like a couple dollars and I was like by the end of the day I want you to give this to someone that pricks your heart and this particular young man, um, the kids did like this little collection over in the corner. I, I saw them and Elizabeth ran it out mm. to him really quick because <laughs> I was like, why is she running off the subway? <laughs> but she went and gave him. But I, I, I was like, he probably dropped it. I mean, he was not in his mind at all. Mm. And that kind of thing really scares me as a mama, mm-hmm. you know, because it's so unstable and unpredictable. And so I'm just like kind of ready to fight. Yeah, if I have to, mm-hmm. or to ready to put myself in front of <clears throat> any of these kids that I'm here to protect, and so um, just a feeling of fear and being on edge, um, uh, on hyper alert, of like constantly aware of the haves and have nots, and all of us living sort of in the middle, and the feelings of less than that come like in in this situation. And I think for me, on a normal day, because of social media I go th- every single day I go through the feelings of being a haves versus a have nots and being a more than or a less than depending mm-hmm. on who I'm feeling inspired by like you know wishing I was really rich mm. or realizing that I'm really rich right yeah in comparison to the really poor yeah and um uh you know, it seems to me that the very rich are just getting richer and the lower middle class are getting poorer and um, the truly poor are becoming totally unseen and destitute and they're just dying in shelters on the streets alone because of drugs, starvation, loneliness, murder, neglect, suicide. Like that's their path. I mean, there's, there's help here and there, but it's so temporary and it's so emergency related. It's like you're in a crisis and the people that are really at least in this area only that like you can't go into a shelter if you're that inebriated or that you know if it's like if you're on so much drugs that you might hurt someone they don't let you into shelters and I'm sure that that's and uh there's this really good movie that I watched a couple years ago I don't remember what what it's called but um it was a you know a modern day story of people that were living on the streets of New York and in the end during a blizzard during a snowstorm one of the the man who was African-American they wouldn't let him into a shelter because there was literally no room and he froze to death Mm, in the end on the streets of New York and I'm sure that happens all the time all the time like there just wasn't any room you know any room in this blizzard and um, it's just, I don't know, like all these, all these swirling, you know, we saw all, so many historic sites. We saw the Brooklyn Bridge and we went to 9-11 Memorial and we went oh, to yeah. all the things and we saw old churches and we went to Times Square. And like, there's so much history, but also like so many people that are converging 
It's the weirdest. It's the weirdest. Mm-hmm. That's and why I love it. Someone, when we were on the Brooklyn Bridge, first of all, t- to just <laughs> tell a funny story, I was, I, <laughs> I see the Brooklyn Bridge coming closer and closer, and I'm just like, what the heck? Why are there other people on the Brooklyn Bridge? <laughs> I thought was, it was going to be a movie set. <laughs> I was like so mad. Like I was actually mad. That's the one thing where I was like really worked it up in my mind. Like that's the one thing. I don't have any agenda on this trip. My goal is to take care of these kids, to chaperone them to what they want to do. I have no agenda. You know what I mean? Like I – my version of going through New York City was not their version, and I abandoned any hopes of it being mine. Right. No sex with Avenue. No. I mean, we walked on it, but they're like, the M&M store. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so I was just like, the M&M store, 100%. Let's do it. <laughs> so <laughs> I died a little inside, but I, it, was, it was really sweet, but like, and I lost my train of thought. Brooklyn Bridge. That was your Brooklyn one Bridge. The one thing where I was trying to make sure that I was like, can we? And they were they were all into it too. So I was just like, let's do that. That's that's the one thing that co jointly we all agreed on we could do for Mrs. Anderson, and so we did. And turn the corner, see just the throngs of people. Okay, tell them what you thought it was going to be. Empty. <laughs> and like what movie? Gangs of New York. <laughs> Uh-huh. Which takes place when? I don't know. Like the American Revolution? <laughs> Before the Brooklyn Bridge? No, it was like the Brooklyn. No, like Gangs of New York takes place like. But why are you laughing at that? Because it's 2023. Yeah, but had this the, vision. the bridge hasn't changed. I know, but you had this vision of like. I know. You alone and yeah. walking. And it and was going to be in like, sepia tone. Yeah, in exactly. Sepia tone. And like people were going to snap. <laughs> yeah, there were going to be dancers, <laughs> except it was going to be me. No, I I was literally, <laughs> oh it's just it's just a throng of tourists and then tourist traps like all along the mm-hmm. side of Is that Brooklyn where you saw Bridge. the naked cowboy? No, no, that's, that's in Times Square. Square. Yes, we saw him 20 years ago. I couldn't believe when Sam sent the picture. I was like, we he saw him. Exactly the same. He looks exactly the same. I saw him 17 same. years ago in the same exact spot. Bizarre. Yeah. He's worth millions. Really? Yeah, he's a millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> he's figured it out, people. <laughs> I do not have that skill set. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He does it every single day. Every single day, even in the winter. I can't even believe it. Mm-hmm. Shout out to you, the naked cowboy from New York City. <laughs> well, he probably lives not in Manhattan, but continue. Yeah, who cares? He's living his best life. Oh, man. Yeah. And he flexed for me. He saw me. I was like freaking out. I was like, there in the middle of it. And he turns around. He does this. And then he turns around and flexes his butt muscles at me. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was just like, yes, this oh, is awesome. <laughs> yeah. No words over here. None. <laughs> Okay, anyway. So, yeah, I was, like, really disappointed that there were other people on the Brooklyn Bridge, that it wasn't just empty, because I wanted a shot of the Brooklyn Bridge, just the bridge, and there's just thousands of people. Excuse me, people. I have a vision here. (laughs) Yeah, excuse me. I'm here now. It's time for everyone to leave. (laughs) Feel free to dance off the set. Yeah. Get off the set. So, and no, we just got, we just had to get herded in, you know, with all the people. I was, it, it was very all along the right 
um, was vendors trying to sell every manner of like New York City trinket. And I was actually worried about like getting my money stolen. So I was just mm-hmm. sort of like uncomfortable. Everyone mm-hmm. was really close. I was worried about the kids mm-hmm. because it was just so many people being bottlenecked yeah. across the yeah. bridge. It's intense. Excuse me. I wasn't feeling like as safe. Yeah. Um, as soon as you're in like wall to wall people, right. that is when pickpocket happen and all the things and so I'm just like my backpack my son my uh, the Brooklyn Bridge and then, <laughs> my backpack my son and then Sam's like churros and so they're buying churros on Brooklyn Bridge I was like this is so not how I saw this happening <laughs> and we only made oh. it not even halfway across realized this is gonna be it's the sun is beating down on us we have no shade it's very very hot I wanted to walk full across. It's a mile across. And then you have to walk back too, And then right? you would have yeah. to walk back. So mm-hmm. it's a two-mile adventure, which I was like totally up for. But I could see like this is going to be – this is going to wear them out. And then we won't be able to do all the other things that yeah. we wanted to do. So we just called it once we got to the churros. <laughs> yeah. We had a little churro break. <laughs> Stood in like this little beam of shade from like the big part of the bridge <laughs> that we had made it. And then decided to go back. That's and hilarious. Yeah, I got a few shots of like the top of the bridge, but I wanted that shot from like the bottom that's always on like NYPD Blue, where it's like, so, you know, there's a body. Bum, 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 bum. And that's the shot of the whole bridge. <laughs> yeah. And the bridge is always empty in that shot. Because they take that shot so, at like one in the morning and they well, stop traffic. The they next gotta- time Kurt and I go to Brooklyn, we're going to get an Airbnb right there at the bottom of that bridge, and I'm going to figure out when it's empty. I don't think empty. that's where you want to have an Airbnb. <laughs> Why not? I'm just thinking, I'm going to be the chaperone for Jesse's trip to New York next year, and I'm like, I'm, I'm clueless. I've been to New York. One time, we took the kids on a missions trip there years ago, like 10 years ago, and it was with a bunch of men leaders and me, so I was just like happy along for the ride. You know what I mean? The big thing was like, don't make eye contact, don't smile, and I'm like, oh. that's like what I do. I was smiling at you know? everybody. Yeah. You could No. Yeah. They, it's not like it's that. It's not like that. It's yeah. not like that. They're actually really nice people. There's it's just- wonderful. It's my favorite place. I I feel safer in New York City than I do in Boston. What? I like New York City more than I like Boston. I don't. I yeah. still love Boston. But no. Boston felt like Bangor compared to New York. Oh, sure. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. I don't like Boston. I don't know why. I like Boston. I don't like Boston. I don't like Boston. I don't like Boston. Like I've been to City. both like one time. So I'm like, I'm oh. like a little small town girl. Just a small town a girl. girl. <laughs> Living in a lonely world. <laughs> Heard that at prom like five times. <laughs> I'm good. Oh, Nellie. So what's okay? So yeah. So okay, what's the point of this? What's the point? I wanted you guys to answer those questions. Oh, what, the questions. What questions? In situations where you oh. find yourself surrounded by strangers of all kinds. Oh or yeah. In the- I make eye contact with all of them and smile and say hey. Okay. And I love them. Yeah. Okay. I am always curious about their story. Yes. I'm oh, me too. Always too. Like, yeah. I love that. Huh. I know. That's what I think. That's I mean. I wish I had a big bag, a big purse of cookies, and I would give everybody a cookie. Yeah, yeah. Say hi. I'm yeah. I wish I had a big bag of money. I like like tons of money, and I would have so much fun yeah. doling no, out. A big no, bag I don't, lunch. Big, big delicious lunch, bag lunch, lunch and a blanket. Yeah. In a blanket. A blanket. Oh yeah. I yeah, I, I, I yeah. So Peter and I were just in New York in November for his birthday and um, Dave Matthews Band because that's what we do. Did you see that in Central Park? Where was that? Uh, it was at Madison Brooklyn Square Garden. No, it was <laughs> on the Brooklyn Bridge. Is that Madison Alone. Square? <laughs> Madison Square Garden. And Private it was in Madison showing. Square Garden. It was great. But we, um, I love it. I love, I love the busyness. I love feeling like 
that's what I do love about it. Like you could pass a millionaire, like when we were walking in, on Wall Street, like, and nobody cares. Like nobody, nobody cares. cares. Nobody not, even sees you. No one sees you. They're just another no one, ant. And I and I love that. I love seeing people. And um, but even in even in at home, I I always am curious. Like, oh, I desire to be curious. And I desire, my goal has been since as I've been getting well to like always presume the innocence of it. So like the other, even the other day, a girl, a little girl was having a tantrum in whatever store I was in. And I was like desperately trying to make eye contact with that mom because I wanted her to see me being like, I know you asked nice six times first before mm-hmm. you were dragging her out mm-hmm. by her suspenders. <laughs> like, yeah. Yep. You know, totally. like I want to, but that's what I think when I'm, I'm often, well, it's different. If I'm by myself, I do have fight or flight. So if I'm by myself yeah. and I'm walking someplace, like one time I was in New York City with my friends and I was getting my makeup done for a big event we were going to and it was getting close on time. So I sent my friend Fausto, I was like, you go back to the hotel. I know how to get there and you start getting ready and I'll I'll be there in a little bit. And so I was walking from Lincoln Park Central to our hotel by myself. And I felt completely safe, but I'm definitely on high alert. Like yeah, I'm like much more aware. Like mm-hmm. and same thing when I took Parker to New York City a year ago. Um yeah, I can't believe you did that. Uh, yeah, I just ran into the city with a couple of th- teen yeah, boys, pa- right? Parker and his friend Griffin and like and then I was also on hyper alert. Not and again, not because I don't feel safe, but I'm in charge of two humans. Right. So like, yeah, you know, like where are the exits? What street am I in? How many more blocks? Okay, mm-hmm. where do we turn here? Right. So I was definitely like, by the time we got into the hotel, like I was like snoring within two seconds because I was just on. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah. it's it, it's more of a of a like it's on me. Like right. there's no yes. But when I was with Peter, yes. it's so not on me. Yes. You know, I'm just mm-hmm. like. Woohoo! Where are we going? Mm-hmm. You in charge? Sounds great. And like, that's the kind of traveling I'm used to. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this, that's last probably trip. why that was so intense for you. Because were you? Did you end up being? I know you said you were wondering if you were going to be the tip of the spear. Did you? Were you? And did you end up being that? So the three of us, we all. It was a wonderful. You know how, um, like geese and ducks take turns being the front. Yeah, yeah. When they're flying in their V, they mm-hmm. the the front will fall back. Yeah. And take a break from leading, and then there'll be another one that steps up. It was exactly like that. That's so cool. So we each had our strengths mm-hmm. and the, the parts where we were on. Mm-hmm. And like, I, for example, I did not, they were like, are you going to be driving the van too? And I was like, I shall not be driving the van. <laughs> not yeah. at all. Because you do not want to see me drive a 15-passenger van through the streets of New York. That yeah. will not be happening. And so the other two were that, whereas mm-hmm. I had like almost the whole agenda mapped out with my husband that we had spent hours and hours doing the week before mm-hmm. and I had all the money um, myself and the other uh, female chaperone she and I were doing all the leading through the city and we were f- we literally between the three of us flanked the kids she was out front mm-hmm. I was in the middle and uh, the male chaperone was in the far back. And That's I said, good. you pull up the rear. So we had them always in our in sights. sights. <clears throat> and we were always doing, you know, depending on but how. you're f- like probably <clears throat> one of 
14,000 kid groups that are in New York and on any given day? Did you like see tens of other kids? No. Oh. In fact, we were very, very visible as the only group of white people uh, <laughs> well, wearing backpacks through New York. <laughs> uh, so much so that like on our walk in Brooklyn, where we were clearly the only white people, uh, we were just like, everyone is staring at us and laughing. That's like, hilarious. They were just like, uh... How did that feel uh, being the minority? <laughs> yeah, it's it is funny and weird being the minority. And yeah, it, I hope that, that was. I think that probably. I wish. I hope the kids received that. The last time I felt that way so acutely was we did a missions trip to Jackson, Mississippi. Yeah, when I was a, when I was Sam's age. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I was with you. Yeah, we <laughs> remember we, we, were, we bucked together. <laughs> we were the, we were the only white people in the whole city. Well, and, not the whole city, but well, in our neighborhood, I mean, we never saw another white person. Yeah, there were days trip. where we didn't see another white person. The grocery store, we would one or twice. Right, and another everybody token. on their porches were sitting there with their guns. Yeah. Yes, that's awesome. Visible. That's hilarious. They're sitting there with their pink lemon, or they, their light, their, their sweet, sweet tea, tea <laughs> and their guns. And we're just like, hi, <laughs> we're from Maine. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to just go over there and clean that house for you. <laughs> so you like us, right? <laughs> But I loved yeah, it. I walking loved it. through Brooklyn as a little pack of of white people mm-hmm. from the clearly uh, <laughs> clearly not from the, there. from the north. I know it was so <laughs> funny when I went with, with when I went with Parker and his friend Griffin. We were walking through, and Parker was like he he didn't care, but Griffin really wanted to like feel like he didn't want anyone to know he was a tourist. And at uh, one point, I turned, I was sure. like, Griffin. You're a tourist. Everybody just knows. Yeah. Just own your tourism. That's what I said to Sam. He was like, oh, this is so embarrassing. I was like, what? why? Because we're white and we have backpacks? <laughs> yes. That is why I'm embarrassed. I was like, well, there's nothing we can do to change that. Just <laughs> Unless you want to get a fanny pack, sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> I had both. I had the fanny pack and the backpack. Um, oh, my gosh. You, I, that, and oh. I unabashedly, I love asking strangers for directions. I actually love that. And so I. that's how we, oh, Jose, that's his name. <laughs> That's how we met our angel Jose on the very first ride, and he was so kind, and he was so and he was so excited that we were from Maine. He's like, "Oh, I've been to Acadia. Mm, it's mm-hmm. so beautiful." I've, and I went and had a vacation there, and he was like the creative director for Target and Walmart. Yeah, I don't, I, wow. I don't even understand how that's possible, but yeah, like there's there's like a company above that that kind of does like I guess you know mm, some yeah. sort of creative. It's just it's like product design or whatever. It's so cool. So, yeah, I know. He was he was on his commute into work and he was so nice. And we had to we had to pivot our metro stops really quickly because there was like problem on the tracks up ahead and we couldn't get off where we thought we were. So we're like, Dear God and then Jose was like, Oh yeah, just do this, this, this and this and made it really simple instead of us freaking out. Yeah. Cause it looks like it looks like a friggin' rat's nest. Yes. Yeah. Maze. Of wires when you look at the map. Yes, and you're it just really like, does. Uh, I have no idea yeah. how to get from here to here. And yeah. so, but anyway, yeah, I. I so fun. It was really fun. It, it really it helped to remind me that there's so many millions and millions of people yes. on that. Like, we're so, while we're so. It's such a big, wide world. Insignificant. You feel very insignificant when you're in that big of a place, but mm-hmm. also you see God taking care of you in like these really sweet ways. And so you feel very loved and safe and surrounded by a lot of really sweet people. It's a different kind of sweet people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When we took our kids on that mission trip to New York, we had a guy 
um, who was down there who we were helping. And he was just talking to Kev. And Kev was just saying, this is a little out of my comfort zone. Like, I don't really love big cities. I'm from the country. And he's like, you know, in his little cute little accent he was like you know bro like he's like you from Maine he's like I can't imagine being in Maine when I scream I want someone to hear me (laughs) (laughs) you know because he pictures us living all by ourselves you know like with no one surrounding us so for Kev he was like that was such good perspective like he would be scared kind of coming to totally Mm -hmm. the Maine woods and like you live at the end of a half mile driveway surrounded by nothing you know yeah and so Kev was like yeah so we just I don't know it It is it was funny we were telling them how there's bears coyotes foxes bobcats and all the things in our woods yeah. right in our house and yeah. they're just like horrified i <laughs> yeah. mean just absolutely terrified <laughs> yeah so funny i um <clears throat> when we were down there we got to go and worship um when this is aired everyone tim keller has passed away who is a great theologian and pastor and missionary and his first church was in manhattan and we went to his church mm-hmm. redeemer church of in manhattan and that's what me and Peter sat. We sat down and the best part for me of the, our whole trip, you know, you know, besides St. Matthew's was that <clears throat> we got to worship and it was so fascinating because we in our churches are, everyone looks like us. Mm-hmm. They're all, you know, we all have about 2.5 kids. Some of us have way more. Some of us have way less. But, you know, we all look the same. We're all about the same socioeconomic place. It's very... um similar it's very linear and when we went to church at redeemer um it was not that at all it Mm -hmm. was like every shade every culture every you know like the the pastor that was preaching was asian the leader of worship was indian there was two african-americans that were singing like it was every bit of the spectrum and you could also tell socioeconomically that there were incredibly wealthy people there Mm -hmm. but there were also not as wealthy people Mm -hmm. there and um they did communion and peter and i partook in communion there and i was like i told peter i got super emotional and i was like this is the most close to heaven like Mm -hmm. because it was so it was so different it was so different and and not Mm -hmm. that there's anything wrong with our churches it's just we're it's our demographic here we're (laughs) main we can't collect more (laughs) (laughs) oh we're a lot of white people but it was so beautiful because i think it's more dynamic than it used to be but it is it's true what was interesting for me is i think that sometimes when we don't push ourselves outside of our comfort zone which is I think a problem that I think a lot of us have we feel mm-hmm. safe and we don't want to go outside of our comfort zone yeah we meaning people who look behave are like us then we forget that we start becoming like well this is what this is the way this is the way and this <laughs> is what a Christian looks like and this is what worship looks like and this is what mm-hmm. you know everything looks like and so it was so wonderful to be there and be like sitting there worshiping with people from all walks of life and being like these are all God's children right mm-hmm. and not one of them looks looks like me or sounds like me or has my past and I think sometimes that's the beauty of New York to me I think mm-hmm. I think it lets me see his bigness and the other thing that's I am so amazed by about bigger churches especially like someplace like that is that you have to choose you have to choose to be involved in the Mm, body mm -hmm. like 
Rachel, you're absolutely right. Like anybody can go into a car ride and your subway car is going to be different every single day, mm-hmm. potentially for your entire life if you live in New York City. And so you can easily disappear. So to become connected and to build a community, I think is way harder in the city than mm-hmm. it is mm-hmm. yeah. where we're in. And so <clears throat> that commitment and the love and the um, fellowship that mm-hmm. those believers and people have in the city, I find profound because mm-hmm. I think it's a lot harder than yeah. what we have. work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Well, to wrap this one up, I did, this is a word that I saw. Um, I collect words on Pinterest and uh, in a bunch of different ways. But um, this one is called Sonder, S-O-N-D-E-R. Ooh. Sonder. It's a noun and it's a noun. Yeah. Yes. That's what the little N means, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the real... I- <laughs> Me <N-n-n-n-n-n-n-n-n-n-n-n-n-n-n-n-n-n-n-n-n-n-n-n-n-n-n-n-n-n-n-n-n-n-n-n-n-n-n-n-n-n-n-n-n-n-n-n-n-n